Hi Joe, it's Nick from Reputation Ace. Thanks for coming on today. You're a business dispute litigator, internet defamation attorney, specialising in cyber attacks and privacy law. Would you be able to give me just a brief summary of what you do? Yeah, happy to, Nick. I'm a litigation partner with Bean, Kinney and Corman in Arlington, Virginia, just outside D.C. I've been at this firm for about three years. Before that, I spent... 15 years with an international law firm, and before that, five years as a trial attorney with the Department of Justice. I've been practicing over 20 years and half that time handling internet defamation and cyber attack cases, meaning online fraud, theft, threats, harassment, stalking, extortion. And the internet defamation piece is a component of two things. It's defamation on the internet. Defamation meaning a false written or oral factual statement that damages another's reputation made on the internet. It could be in an email, it could be on social media, blogs, or consumer review websites. Yeah. This is fascinating to me because I deal with reputation in terms of, generally from Google, we have similar situations to you where a business maybe they have defamatory reviews maybe even an ex-employee or a competitor has written negative things about them we go through certain channels to see if we can remove them and either suppress them or de-index them through google a lot of the time they do speak about legal action so could you give me a general theme of when a business for example will come to you how do you start to help them my internet defamation practice is either for plaintiffs or defendants. So unlike some lawyers that maybe focus on plaintiff work or, or only defendant work, I do both. And I think that kind of gives me a better feel for all sides of the, the issues. So in other words, I represent those people, individuals or companies or businesses who've been defamed or those who've been accused of defamation. In either instance, some of the work that I do obviously involves court work. So I file and litigate defamation and privacy lawsuits. I may do something less than that. I may send or respond to cease and desist letters, counsel clients on how to take down negative statements, I review client materials to make sure they haven't exposed themselves to defamation liability. And, and otherwise, you know, talk to clients on how to stay out of trouble or get out of trouble they're already in. Yes, definitely. So with this in mind, what does reputation mean to you? Well, to me, I sort of fall back on what have other people talked about in terms of reputation. I mean, it's hard for me to define a reputation for somebody other than, you know, your name, your brand, your reputation is everything. And yeah. it's important to how you conduct yourselves personally and how you conduct yourselves from a business standpoint. And, and I look to what has the U.S. Supreme Court, I'm here in the United States, what has the U.S. Supreme Court said about reputation? I mean, there's a lot of talk about the First Amendment right to protect free speech but at the same time an equally important interest is reputation and the u.s supreme court has talked about the importance of reputation they have said in 1966 they said 
the right of a man to the protection of his own reputation from unjustified invasion and wrongful hurt reflects no more than our basic concept of the essential dignity and worth of every human being. Wow. Fast forward to more current times, Warren Buffett has said, it takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. If you think about that, you'll do things differently. Certainly and will. I'm a Gen Xer, Nick, and um, you know I remember some of the commercials in the late 70s and early 80s, and some, some of your listeners may remember the E.F. Hutton commercials. They would say, when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. And, and so those three things make me think about what is reputation. Yes. Your name is out there. If you've got a, a problem with your reputation, that's going to carry through with a lot of things you do in your private life and in your, and in your uh, business life. Definitely. Yeah, it's a very broad question. I think you answered it very succinctly there because I think even now, even in this era in 2021, a lot of business owners and individuals still don't really understand the strength of the internet to make or break them. I have clients which they generally come to me once something negative has happened and they want to maybe push a negative article down or maybe take control of page one. They don't really understand that how their how their brand is perceived online is a completely different ball game to how it was in the you know the nineties and two thousand before the internet came around. What got you into internet defamation and this part of this part of law? For me, it was a particular case that I was working on. Um, you know, about ten or so years ago, I was asked if I knew anything about defamation cases, did I know anything about bringing a lawsuit against unknown people that we sometimes call you know, John Doe's or Jane Doe's. Sure. And at the time I didn't. And I said, sure, I'm happy to jump into the case. And I did jump into the case. And I kind of became the in-house person who you would go to on these defamation issues. Right, yeah. We brought a case on behalf of a government contractor. We sued anonymous John Doe's for defamation because those John Doe's had sent an email accusing my client of violating the law. And we litigated the case, if you can believe it or not, we litigated the case for about eight years, including wow. various appeals. Okay. And during that time period, we probably litigated and researched and analyzed just about every defamation issue known to mankind. Yeah. That's what got me into this area and from from that case, I expanded and, and started to take on more cases, again, on the plaintiff side or the defense side. And it's been fascinating how the law has evolved with technology. Yes. Yeah. It must be an amazing era to be in in that respect, because obviously when you started, it was through emails. I presume the Internet was at a very young age maybe before social media and since social media and review websites and just the ability for people everybody has a voice now have you noticed any changes or trends in the the kind of clients that are coming to you or is it just more of them well there's certainly more of them i mean as you say that when i first took on that case many years ago it was defamation by email but we're now seeing defamation by social media or blogs or review websites. So there's more internet speech yeah. in all sorts of different forms. And when you have more internet speech 
and even recently, certainly here in the United States, more polarizing speech on political and, and social justice issues, you're going to upset somebody one way or the other. And so you're going to see more of these cases. It's easier today and more common today to ruin names, brands, and reputations with online negative statements. And they can come in many forms. They can come from, I think you said it earlier, they can come from competitors or disgruntled employees, customers. They can even come from foreign governments and unknown people. So that's kind of what I've been seeing over the past you know, five, ten years. Definitely. How do you, obviously each case is completely different, but how do you actually go about achieving your goals? Do you, how much goes to court compared to how much is maybe a legal letter and pressure and how do you achieve your goals? Is court the main way? No, court is not the main way. And the goals are driven by the, the client's goals and the client's needs and interests, and sometimes that's even economic. I mean, some clients come to me and they, they don't have a war chest to fight forever, and so we need to be creative in a way to achieve what they want. Uh, sure. I have other clients that, that have a bigger war chest, and there are you know, a few more options available to them. So that's what we kind of sit down and talk about at the beginning of a case. And I'd say most of the time you're not heading into court. You're okay. doing a lot of counseling. You're doing some some correspondence back and forth with the other side, trying to figure out if there's a way to resolve the situation. But yeah. then, then there are times you can't resolve the situation or you're dealing with somebody on the other side who's maybe not very rational. And really court is the only option left to you other than perhaps the client's own counter-messaging and trying to get their, their side of the story out on their own. Oh, okay. And for those types of clients, they, they obviously want the help of those who are experienced with SEO, search engine optimization techniques and strategies. I understand. So do you work closely with these kind of companies? That, so if it can't be done by the legal route, you have somebody that you can recommend? Yes, I do. I mean, I've got quite a large network of people that deal with these issues in this space. And some of them are the SEO types. And I can, you know, provide names and persons and who they work with to clients and let the clients make their decision on who they want to work with. And I have sometimes worked with them directly. Some, it's not a one-size-fits-all for many of these SEO companies, depending yeah. on who my client is. Um, I've also got a, a network of people that work in the digital forensic investigation space that, that often is needed for these types of cases, oh, okay, as yeah. well as crisis managers that clients, if they have the ability to you know, hire more folks, they sometimes want a crisis manager to come, come in and, and do what they can to protect their name and, and reputation. Yeah. So you really have the tools to to pretty much take control of somebody's online reputation and repair it through a number of ways. Do you speak to Google much at all? Or? Well, I mean, you know, Google is a platform where a lot of things are stored and saved. And for some of my clients, I have engaged with Google on what we can do to have things removed or delisted. And a lot of that depends on 
what the particular matter involved, what were the negative statements, uh, the, the proof behind those negative statements as to why they were false and defamatory, having a good relationship with the, with the Google folks and, and certainly the terms of service and privacy policies that, that Google has that you have to learn and understand and, and navigate for your client. Yeah, definitely. I wondered if you have businesses that are looking to protect their brand. Maybe they've been they've been defamed or have something about them. Have you dealt with anything along this along the lines of trolling, revenge porn, or cyberbullying? Yeah, I mean th- those issues come up in my practice area as well. I, I probably handle more straight-up defamation cases than I do those other types of things, but I have counsel clients on the revenge porn matters, and a lot of that is governed by each state's laws. I think there are some federal laws that may touch on it as well, and the cyber-stalking is another area that largely is governed by, by state law. There is a federal statute out there, too, but it depends on where your client is, where the attacks came from, and what is the best measure to achieve the client's goals? Is it uh, you know, a criminal referral case or where the client doesn't necessarily have to pay law enforcement, but you have to get law enforcement's attention yeah. and sometimes their resources are strapped? Or is it a civil angle where you, where you pursue claims in, in a court of law and try to get relief through a judge? Right, okay. Do you have clients that come back to you, or is it generally you sort of resolve them one way or the other? I'd say for the most part, these are one-off cases. So a client comes to me and needs our help. We help the client out, and the matter is resolved one way or the other, and, and you know I may not hear back from that client at all. I have other clients that are dealing with situations where you have repeated or serial type attacks and you've got to you've got to deal with those piece by piece and so maybe it gets resolved for a period of time and then it comes back and you've got to deal with it again unfortunately in those instances it's like whack-a-mole you know it pops up you knock it down it's going to pop back up later you knock it down and you just hope at the end of the day that um you've whacked all the moles yeah it does seem to be that. We have similar situations when somebody comes, they may have negative Google reviews. Even if we remove them, somebody may, if they're angry enough and they're persistent enough, they might go to Facebook or they might start to write blogs. A lot of the times we deal with a client who has been attacked on so many different levels that really the only way is to completely dominate the search results and just to push it off and outrank it and wait until they go away. We have a saying where we... um. We never fan the flames. So if it's a news article, we don't generally go to the writer or the author. We either go through a de-indexing service or suppression and replacing. It seems to be that kind of situation for you. I just wanted to read a part of your LinkedIn here, which really goes into all of the services you provide. It says, Joe has litigated bankruptcy, construction, fraud and false claims, government contracts, healthcare and taxation cases. He also litigated matters and counseled clients on defamation, product disparagement, online reviews, intellectual property infringement, impersonation, data breaches, civil and criminal cyber harassment, 
domain name theft, which is really interesting, anonymity defences under the First Amendment, anti-slap laws, computer fraud and abuse act, and Communications Decency Act Section 230. Now, obviously, that pretty much covers pretty much covers everything around reputation. Is there have you noticed a certain area that, that you deal with more, or is it just a, a, a wide array of everything? You know, I, I'd say it's pretty varied. You know, half my practice probably involves all types of business dispute litigation matters, and then the other half deals with the defamation and cyber attack space. And those those cases can involve a, a variety of issues, and it's not a dull moment when <laughs> I hear from clients and what they're experiencing. Sometimes it's new to me, and sometimes it's not new to me. Things are evolving in this space, and I don't see that changing in the future. Yeah. Have you? Do you notice any opportunities or threats to online reputation coming or in the in the not too distant future at all? I, other than what I talked about earlier, that you know we have more internet speech and more polarizing speech, which is going to lead to more of these issues. I don't see that slowing down. Is there a particular type of defamation or cyber attack that I see? on the horizon, a, nothing jumps to my mind other yeah. than this wave of, of weaponized online communications is not going to end anytime soon. And you gotta, sometimes you have to fight back against the defamers and cyber attackers and expose and hold them accountable. Yeah, I think that's a really good message. I think the, the weaponization is very true. It seems to have increased over, even over the past 10 years, a lot more vitriol, especially as you mentioned, you know, around political speech and freedom of speech in general. It's such a, it's such a huge melting pot, isn't it? And there's, you know, you can, you can be on both sides of the argument as well. It's not like a, a left or right or up or down. It's, um, it's a vast array. And um, yeah, I think with, probably with the, the increasing amounts of profiles and platforms there will probably be new laws but i guess just like how we're dealing with it and it seems to be something that's really just popped up over the last 10 or 15 years and the wave is so big that it's just it's still crashing and sending everything you know we're still in the wild west aren't we in that respect yeah you know one thing i was thinking of nick as you were talking is maybe the one thing we didn't talk about is how my practice in the United States may be different than certain people's practices in the UK or the or Australia or different parts of the world. Yeah. And a lot of that's driven by freedom of speech issues and the First Amendment. Here in the United States, historically, First Amendment has been a very strong constitutional right, and it's as equally important as the right to someone's reputation. But in other parts of the world, the freedom of speech is not as entrenched and strong, and so you may have different strategies and opportunities in other parts of the world that you might not have here in the United States. Yes, no, that's a really good point. The um, In the EU, we have the right to be forgotten, which is generally for older articles i think generally around six years old and obviously people have the right to be forgotten so you can go through a procedure to remove certain things it doesn't deal with anything serious that's deemed to be in the public interest but yes we have that in that respect and that came out i guess around 2013 
which definitely changed the way we worked. Do you have anything similar to that, that, you know, that they have a right to be forgotten or does that really fall under the sort of the protection of reputation? Yeah, we, we don't have anything equivalent to that over here. There have been attempts by some states to to have equivalent or close to equivalent types of legal processes and procedures here. They they certainly are not anything like you have over in the, the EU. There has been discussion at the federal level to address what's called Section 230 and the right of social media and websites to be protected from defamation if they're only a conduit for speech, and, and that's a hot issue. That yes. Talks on the Republican and Democratic side to change that law, um, but we are we are in a different spot than the EU and other parts of the world in terms of these issues, simply because we have a more entrenched freedom of speech right under the First Amendment than, than other places. Yeah. I can imagine you're really a source of protection and shielding for some people who feel like they don't have any defence whatsoever in this online game. Um, and you provide, obviously, you know, a lot of solace in that respect when you do get these kind of results. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, thank you very much for coming on today. I really appreciate talking to you. It's been really eye-opening for me. What's the best way of somebody to contact you? probably just google my name joe meadows internet defamation and given the, the things that i've been doing and people have been contacting me they're finding me in google search results i'm also on linkedin joe meadows or joseph meadows in the arlington virginia dc area or go to my website beingkennycorman.com and that's a law firm just outside dc and i'm one of the folks that handle internet defamation cases so appreciate you having me on the show nick that's brilliant talking to you about these issues yes definitely thank you i'll put all the links in the description so everybody can check it out and um, contact you if they need any help really appreciate talking to you today joe i really wish you all the best with all your endeavors that sounds great nick and and good luck to you and, and reputation east thank you very much have a great day speak to you soon 